what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Hello and welcome to Brothers in Tech here on TheMesh.TV. This is our ongoing technology discussion show between me, Alan Jackson, and my brother in tech, Brian Jackson, on the other end there. Brian, how you doing? Good, Alan. How are you? Doing great, doing yeah. great. Looking forward to these deep dive episodes as we're going to talk about a couple things in a little bit more in detail that we discussed in our main episode this month, which was all about getting the internet in your home, kind of internet access, internet connections and speeds. We had a good conversation about that last time we met, but we're going to go a little deeper today with yeah. one of our patented deep dive episodes. So, yeah, yeah, probably the the more, most important part of internet uh, for most people these days, the way that they're accessing the internet. So we're going to talk about a very specific part of that today, uh, Wi-Fi, right? Yeah. And uh, try to look at why, uh, why Wi-Fi how it works, why it works the way it does, and what we can do to potentially make that system work a little better. So it's yeah. going to be good. Well, we're going to focus on Wi-Fi for this deep dive, like Brian said, just because you know, even though wireless is just one way you can have the internet running through your home, you can do hardwired through Ethernet or even using power lines as a conduit. Wi-Fi just seems to be where everybody wants to go, and we and we get it. I mean, wireless is great. It's there's no cables, there's yeah. no tethering, there's no there's a complete flexibility, and I think there's uh, I think it's safe to say that in the world of where developers are putting their time and attention, it is on Wi-Fi as a a technology to keep improving and strengthening because they see the value of having this wireless network as opposed to finding ways to tether internet into your house on different wall jacks or anything else. So, so we are going to talk about Wi-Fi uh, prob prominently in this uh, deep dive. Yeah. Talk about what it is and uh, some, some strategies on it. So, well, I mean, I think you can just see most computers these days are coming out as laptops, right? They're just as strong as what the desktops were before, but the whole purpose is that you can move and that you can go to different places and uh, be able to use it. So, I think as they push laptops and we start to push the idea of being able to work in different places, um, wireless is pretty important. So uh, no, nobody really wants to be tethered down if they don't have to. So, uh, so this is, yeah, this would be a good topic. This is going to be going to be fun. And I think there's some things that we have here that can, even for the beginner user, um, there can be some real quick kind of knowledge uh we can impart and without getting too in depth that uh, at least makes you uh, feel smarter when you go to a party next time and tell someone something. <laughs> yes. Please <laughs> invite me to the party where Wi-Fi <laughs> and uh, protocols are going to be the, uh, the talk of the day. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> first of all, invite me to a party because right now we're not able to be around people, <laughs> but yeah, second, of all, um, second of all, yeah, get, Maybe maybe that's my kind of party. I don't know. Maybe maybe we're a little different to where we actually would talk about Wi-Fi specs. But uh, oh well. <laughs> well, let's let's get into it then. Uh, again, this is brothers in tech, and, and we're just going to talk about this in terms of, you know, again, we're kind of positioning this show and all the deep dives as 
for those of you out there that want to have this base understanding of technology knowledge, whether you're the person in the family that people are calling to uh, to ask for technical support, or maybe you are that person making those phone calls and you'd like to become a little more self, uh, self-aware self and self-knowledge uh, gained on these technology aspects. So with that and knowing who our audience is for this, let's go ahead and jump into this first deep dive yeah. talking about Wi-Fi. So Brian, pop quiz, what does Wi-Fi stand for? Wi-Fi means wireless fidelity. Oh, wireless very, fidelity. Very yeah, good. I did know yeah. that. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because it you know, doesn't seem like that would make sense for what we're talking about. Because fidelity, you normally think about with audio and you know all that. But really, what Wi-Fi is meant to convey is kind of how accurate the signal is. It's conveying that same accuracy of a signal, but over the air. Across the so air. So you can yep. transmit it and receive it on a different device. Um, most people are probably familiar with Wi-Fi with the idea that when you sign up for internet access through your cable provider, your internet provider, whoever it may be, they provided you with a, a modem. And then most of the time, most of the ones now are going to also provide you with a router or give you the option of, of giving you a wireless router. So Brian, let's kind of talk through just the real basics. You know, what's happening with the internet signal as it comes into our house with these devices? Yeah, and I think that's, well, it's important also as we go through this, let's, let's get some terminology because I think there's some confusion that happens as we start talking about some of these ideas. But, sure. you know, for most of us, we're going to have a, we're going to have a cable that comes into the house and it's tend to be using the cable line that we already have built into our, uh, uh, to our house that might've been delivering cable TV. Um, or as we talked about in an early episode, maybe we're using an antenna that delivers some information in, but now this company is is providing internet through that. So what happens is it comes out of the the wall. So we've got a coax cable that's then going to go into a modem. And so this is where I think it's kind of tricky. We tend to use modem and router, you know, kind of uh, interchangeably. And and that's true in that there's a lot of modems that also are the router. Um, it used to be those were separate. Do you remember that? I mean, it used to have you had a little box, and that was your that was your modem. And then you had to tack on a, a router. And router basically means I'm going to split it and I'm going to get it into different locations. Um, so a lot of those now are into one one box, which is great. You get the, the cable company delivers you this box. You plug in a coax cable from your wall jack straight into that box, plug that box in. And now you're probably going to get it routed and split into several different places, either Ethernet Okay, which you could, if this was on your desk, you could wire an Ethernet cord straight from it to your computer or blasting it out on Wi-Fi on a wireless signal. So um, so what's really key is that that's the first, you know, in a sense, it's almost like the, the first gateway that's going to happen here. It's going to come from the wall at a pretty high signal, whatever signal you're paying for. And then there's... The, the box. And the box is a really important piece to try to figure out what kind of speeds are going to come through that box and then get delivered to you to actually use. Does that, does that sound about right? That, that is right. And you're right in saying that, you know, the last couple of uh, places I've set up internet directly with a provider, they have provided a one box that is your combination uh, modem and router. So the idea is you plug that up to your the line coming in, and not only is it going to provide internet to 
anything you plug in uh, hardwired into the device, like Ethernet cables, but it's also going to spit out a wireless signal mm-hmm. for you to use throughout your house. So, you know, most people probably are going to rely on just the Wi-Fi. So just have that box. It's connected to your wall where your Internet's coming in, and it gives you enough Wi-Fi uh, spread throughout your house, and you're yep. fine. You don't yep. really need anything else. The box that they provide you is enough. And just that one device is, is all that's needed. So, yeah. So that's uh, kind of what you've got on the on the base level of kind of getting started with things. Right. Right. And some people, and we'll talk a little later about, you know, how you may have your own Wi-Fi router, right? You may have something that you've set up. Well, that then gets connected to the modem, right? Which may also be a router itself. And so that's where we've got to worry about some confusion that may happen and some problems that may exist uh, a little long down the line. But, but I think it's it is important for for everybody when they're first getting into this process to at least understand the the sequence, right? Coming out of the wall into this modem slash router, and then being routed to your other things, and then by understanding that system and looking to see what that. Uh, uh, what those steps are, that's where we can do a lot of troubleshooting in the future. So, yeah, absolutely. So can we talk so, about, let's, let's talk about some of the routers that we yeah. see, right? Cause there's a lot of different types of routers now that's changed over the years. That's true. So now if you, if you just get a router that comes standard with your internet connection, it's more than likely just going to be a single unit yeah. router, meaning that one single box that's meant to give Wi-Fi access throughout your house. So, and also years ago, you know, starting out people using, getting wireless in their homes, this was pretty standard, just a single box. And it's going to emanate a signal out to a certain amount of uh, distance. And for most homes, you know, for most uh, single residents, uh, especially if it's a single floor or maybe apartment or condominium, uh, a single unit router is going to cover most all of that space. Yep. And the routers really do determine the strength. I mean, so right away we, we recommend, you know, if you have a router in your place where you are, you can test to see how far the distance within your space is and whether that single unit is going to, going to meet your needs or not. But what a lot of people started to find out after a while is, you know, moving away from the single unit is saying, look, we, you know, we've got this one unit. Uh, maybe our internet is coming into our basement in our house mm-hmm. and we've got level and it's not really broadcasting a strong signal to the upper floor. Like we lose a lot of speed when we get upstairs or we sometimes get dropouts where we're not connected at all. So they actually introduced and came out with things they call extenders. These are like little kind of uh, assumed are like little satellites that take the signal from the main hub and take it and then just amplify it. So they're trying to provide greater uh, a greater signal throughout your house in spots mm-hmm. where maybe you didn't have as much. Um, they're good. I mean, I used them throughout my house for yep. quite a while. I had yep. the air, airport system. Apple had an airport express, which were basically extenders. I connected them to the network and using the little app on my computer, I could say, yes, take that extender and I want to connect to my main network and then just amplify it where it is. And it did provide me with better signal in a couple of places in my house that I didn't have good signal. So extenders were kind of the way that people would get broader signal throughout their house. Right. Um, if they felt like their main one single source was not strong enough. Yeah. And that, and the, the important note there is it was about 
extending your reach, not necessarily extending your speed. So your speed, it wasn't that you were amplifying your speed. It's that, you know, in certain parts of your house, you'd pull your computer up and see that you were getting one bar. Well, mm -hmm. an extender would give you more bars, which means that you're going to have that connection. But it doesn't mean that the speed at which things were coming to you was any faster. It just means it was more consistent, right? No, you're correct. And I actually found that, you know, if I was closer to one of my extenders with my laptop, I was not getting anywhere near the speed that I would get if I was closer to my main router. Yeah. yeah. So in other words, yeah, I was getting a signal and I'd have, I was having no problem connecting, but the speed was nowhere near like it was when I was closer to my router. So you're right. It's just extending the signal, but it's just giving you a connection to the internet, but you're still much farther away from your router than uh, mm -hmm. in the further you got away, the less your speed would be and the, the not as good a connection you had. Yeah. So yeah. extenders, you know, I mean, extenders served their purpose for quite a while. And again, yeah, they I were had very helpful. Mm -hmm. for several years. It wasn't until uh, this idea of mesh networks came out, mesh routers, um, really in the last, like, what, two years, yep. I'd say, yep. mm -hmm. really become popular. So you hear mesh router. If you go to Best Buy, you go to some other store and you see a row, a row of these wireless systems. So what these are, these mesh systems, it's the same thing as the routers that you used to get. The difference is, is that they come already set up to create an extended network throughout your house. So they actually come with multiple devices inside the box. So you have a, a main unit, which is your router. That's what you would connect to your internet's modem, the line that's coming in, going to the modem, you would connect this to that modem. It would take the place of your wireless router. But the difference with the mesh network is it also automatically comes with one, two, or three um, additional devices that you place throughout your house in strategic locations. Uh, and knowing that those different units are not only gonna continue to provide you with signal to your internet, but they're also going to keep as close a speed as they can to the original router speed. So in other words, they really are truly creating a spread out network throughout your house of internet where you don't have to necessarily worry as much about, well, my speeds are always going to be slower if I'm in my upstairs bedroom versus mm -hmm. downstairs in the basement. It keeps a really pretty good consistent spread of your speed throughout your house. Um, so it does that through multiple devices and it's basically relaying the signal between them. In my understanding of the way the mesh technology works without getting too, too detailed, is it's seeing where devices are needing internet speed and it's kind of helping push and route the signal into those spaces. So for example, I may be where my whole family is up in our den and we're all having our, we all have our phones on and there happens to be one of our little hub boxes up in that den so the mesh network is really going to focus on making sure as much of the internet strength and connectivity is focused up in that den hub. But then if we all went down to the basement, it's going to shift its attention a little more to that one down there. Now, Grant, you can have stuff spread all throughout the house and it's going to equally spread them out. But if it sees this one device is really needing a lot more signal because it's streaming a lot of video, it's going to try to give a little more, little more attention to that device and it helps spread it out to where it needs to be. So... Yeah, so that's really mesh networks, mesh routers that you hear about now, and that's why they're so popular. Is that uh, even though they are a little, they're more expensive than a, just a standard uh, a single router, they do provide you with a really great connectivity all across your house, 
especially in those homes that have uh, multiple floors or maybe some very unique layouts, like a lot of brick walls yeah. inside that. Yep. They help out with that for sure. Yep. Yeah, I think that's the real key is that if you're looking at a, a Wi-Fi network right now and trying to figure out what router to buy, if you're someone that has a very unique house, and I think that's a real key, if, you're, if your house is not, you know, for example, if you couldn't stand in the middle of your house and have kind of equal distance to all portions of your house, then you are someone that probably could use this. Because if you can, if you can stand, if you have a normal, you know, a normal a house that both floors are, you know, two or three floors are all kind of the exact size, the same size, and technically you could put a router in the middle floor, in the middle of the, the whole house, and get equal distance to everything, same number of walls, general, you know, uh, layout. Uh, or if you have uh, a house that's more open floor plan, that's got a lot of open space for the signal to travel. I mean, the way I like to think about it is, you know, if, if you had someone in the middle of your house that was talking and talking very loud, where could you hear them? And any place that you have a hard time hearing someone talk means that there are structures in place that are keeping that sound from getting there. And also that means the Wi-Fi is going to have a hard time getting there. So if you're someone who has a, a back uh, a separate uh, add-on to your house or you have a basement that is concrete walls and you have, you know, different uh, sub areas, this is, this is a really helpful way of basically, as you said, pushing the signal into areas that it needs it and, um, and assuring that they're getting it. Now, Alan, some people might be asking, well, these are still... Wi-Fi satellites, right? I mean, this still has to travel from the main device to these satellites, and that's wireless, okay? So that's going to potentially slow things down. But those are, there's, in a way, that's about as hardwired as you, as, as close to hardwired as you can get, because these satellites are tapped into a particular signal that is coming from that base where you're not necessarily getting that same signal from your laptop or from your phone. So I think the the idea is these these satellites are as seamless as you can get right now. They are really well done, right? It, it, there again, if you say I need a wireless network in my house, and like you said, the the description was, I've got multiple floors, I've got concrete, I've got you know my internet router is in a very odd location, not central to the rest of the house. This is the best you're going to be able to get in your house, and it is really really good. So I'll give you an example. I am, I have a Google Wi-Fi. Uh, network. Google makes a Wi-Fi mesh network that you can buy. They come in either three or four devices. I got the three device set up. So there's a main hub that you connect to your internet, your modem. And then there's two that you can place anywhere else throughout your house. My house is a old style, but has three stories. The basement is basically, you know, mostly unfinished concrete wall basement. That's where my internet's coming in. When we got our house, that was where the internet line, the, the cable modem line was already coming in, is into that basement. So I had to get that internet from the basement to the rest of the house. We had a single router for a while. And yeah, if you were upstairs in the top floor bedrooms, you would get very little signal, if any at all. So we went to some extenders. Extenders did okay, but again, they just didn't give us great speed. We still had connectivity upstairs, but the speed wasn't great. Um, so then when we moved to the mesh network in the last couple of years, the Google Wi-Fi mesh network, I have that same little, uh, the main hub down at the, in the basement, in the concrete unfinished basement. And it's still putting out really good internet down there, but then I've got one other box on each floor. So I've got one on the middle floor, 
kind of in a, on the far side of the house. Then I've got one two stories up. And right now we get wonderful internet all the way throughout the house. I mean, it's, I could be up the stairs in my bedroom, perfect internet speed. I can do speed tests and see that it's great speed uh, anywhere in between. So that's, that's the whole goal there. That was the key of the whole thing. So uh, would it be better if I could hardwire the whole house? Yeah, that would be absolute best speed everywhere. Mm-hmm. But to do that means I've got to go run cable. I've got to run jacks into the walls everywhere. And I'm, I'm, just didn't want to do that. I'm a laptop guy. My family's all on laptops. I mean, that's, we don't have a desktop computer anywhere. So it just made good sense. Well, so plus that, that would have been, that would have been some, you know, some manual labor, which I know you're kind of opposed to. So I'm, Adam, I'm very vehemently opposed. To that. <laughs> that would require tools and yeah, let's, right. let's just tools, not go there. Drilling and things like that. Yeah, I'm not, not really not into that. So uh, uh, this works out really good. So I mean, yeah. again, if, going to go wi-fi and you've got a very unique house set up or a lot of walls a lot of concrete in the house a lot of brick uh, or just a lot of space i mean if you just got a really big house Mm -hmm. and you're trying to get from one side to the other um you can go with the extender probably come out a little cheaper if you get some extenders but i just don't think you're going to be happy with the speed where you invest a little bit more go into a mesh network it's all in one and i think it works great the other thing you know mesh networks i mean i've what $300, $400. $300, yeah. $400. Yeah, they're a little uh, pricier. Yeah. They mm-hmm. are pricier, but you're doing it as an all in one investment right. and you know you've got really good speed everywhere in your house. So, yeah. yeah. So I think you, you bring up a good point. So most, most of the internet companies are going to give you a router. They're going to give you a router as part of your deal. So now I will say they potentially are going to be. You may not think they're charging you for it, but there could also be some rental elements built into some of your costs, right? You may check on that. Like if you have something already, you know, you may want to check to see because um, it probably also what they're giving you is is putting out a Wi-Fi signal, which may not at all be what you need if you've got a really big or unique house. Um, I have a I have a mesh network as well. Honestly, I probably don't need it. Uh, I'm in a house that's smaller. It's two floors, uh, you know, 1,700 square feet. It's not really, it's not unique at all in terms of the layout. So I didn't really need it. I was I was doing okay before, but we were having some issues with um, wanting to direct internet to some specific devices. And that's one of the other benefits, I think, of the um, the mesh network is if you're someone who's going to stream a lot of, uh, stream a lot of uh, content on your TV, and maybe let's say you have a, a Roku, and your Roku device that is pulling a Wi-Fi signal is sitting in a stereo cabinet somewhere because you want to hide it, and now all of a sudden it's behind wood, it's built, you know, it's it's covered up, right? and it's not necessarily getting a good signal. But that's where you need your best signal, right? You're, if you're always streaming TV, you need your best signal there. So by doing a, a mesh network, one of the nice parts about these satellites, and I think the Google uh, Wi-Fi system you have does this as well. So I have the Netgear Orbi, which is kind of the other competitor to the Google. Um, but it has a two-satellite system as well. But wherever you plug these satellites in, which all they need is power, wherever you plug those satellites in, it, they also have an Ethernet jack in the back that allows you then to plug directly into something. So I have one of them right next to my TV, plugging directly into my Apple TV or my Roku, which means even though it's not it's not like hardwiring into the modem, it's as close as I can get. At least I know I'm going to get a really good, consistent 
signal. So that's what I wanted is I wanted, because I only have, you know, if you listen to some of our deep dives earlier on uh, streaming TV, you know, I only have one jack in the house that's there for internet and everything else is built in for the the over the air uh, antenna that we have. And we wanted that jack to be in a guest bedroom where we don't have a TV, but that obviously limits the fact that we can't put it in a central location. So I did want to make sure that I had uh, the ability to plug in uh, on some of these um, satellites. So, yeah. So I think it's, it's helpful. Yeah. Very similar situation here. The Google Wi-Fi has Ethernet jacks on each of the the uh, the little hub units as well. And uh, I've got one in my den where my TV, that's our main family TV. So it's plugged in directly to Ethernet there. And then my other one upstairs is in my office, mm-hmm. which is our bedrooms. So I have a jack to where I can plug my laptop in when I'm there working because I may be doing a lot of streaming or uploading, downloading of, of files. And that gives me what I feel like is probably the most consistent speed on it. So yep, yep. yeah, another thing that's great with those mesh <clears throat> networks is you basically, you're extending your network and you're getting a strong network everywhere, but you also have on those units we're talking about the ability to do a hardwired connection into those units and get a, a little better consistency than you would have otherwise. Yep. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. Now, Brian, we've talked a lot about kind of the style of modems and and, or routers and, and systems, but there's some numbers and terminology that kind of gets thrown around with these router systems as well that I, I know for the longest time, I, I really had to do a lot of research to even understand what these numbers and letters mean. You hear the, the term 802. Alan, Alan, are we getting ready to geek out? We are, are we going to geek out a little bit. Okay. Let's go ahead. We need like an alarm or something. <laughs> geek geek, we're, we're geek alarm is coming. Yes. Out. All right. Geek alarm. Bye. But I will say, if if this is freaking you out, right, don't skip ahead because we're going to keep it simple. We are going to keep it simple, right? We're going to geek gonna out, but we're going to try to keep it simple and useful. Okay, here we go. So you hear the term 802.11. All right, first thing to know about that is that's standard for Wi-Fi. That's, that's, that's Wi-Fi. Yeah. So that number's not really going to change. You're going to see that on uh, anything that talks about Wi-Fi 802.11. You don't need to worry about that number. Okay. That's not anything you got to match up or you got to worry about. What you do need to pay a little bit of attention to though, is the letter or letters that right. immediately follow it. So you may have heard 802.11a, 802.11b, 802.11g or n or some of these other letters coming out. That letter designates speed and capability. Okay, so let's go a quick little history lesson mm-hmm. here, Brian. Wi-Fi, the very first iteration of Wi-Fi came out and it was actually Wi-Fi 1, it was considered y, uh, 802.11b. Don't ask me why yeah. Wi-Fi 1 is B and not A, but Wi-Fi 1 was B and it only reached a maximum speed of 11 megabits per second, which we've talked about before. You got to have at least, we recommend, you know, a good 20, 20. Mm-hmm. just to stream good quality video and to do most of the stuff that, as far as streaming. Now, 11 megabits per second, as we talked about in our last episode, 
fine for web surfing, email, and some light video use, but yep. not really something we'd recommend speed-wise. Uh, plus, it was running on a gigahertz spectrum we're going to talk about in a moment, but it was running on a gigahertz spectrum that was a little more interference prone. Right. So not a great, great capability, but it was a good start. Then we moved on to Wi-Fi 2, which was 802.11a. Again, don't ask me why, but it was. Now that one, in theory, could go up to almost 54 megas per second. Now that's where we're getting to the point of, okay, this is good internet speed for most people. Um, and plus it's running on a different frequency that was a little stronger, a little bit more reliable. We move up from there to G. This is Wi-Fi level three, the third iteration of the Wi-Fi standard, and they call it G. So that's a little more common. I think most people probably... If I had to guess, uh, if you've gotten your router in the last four or five years, yep. it's at least a G speed. <clears throat> yep. G will still go up to 54 megabits per second, so about the same as A. Um, but it's on a more common frequency, and it is backwards compatible with some of the older speeds. So, again, they're getting a little bit better each time. Now, the one that I think is probably the standard most people are getting, if you get a new device right now, it's going to be is N. Again, why the letter sequencing, I have no idea, but we're at N, the letter N now. And that, in general, is going to give you about 100 megabits per second, but in theory, it could go up to as much as 300. This is going to cover the vast majority of people on their home internet now. I mean, I have a 100 megabits connection at home, so obviously N will cover my full internet speed capability. Um so that's where most devices that are coming out now are at that N level, okay? Now, there'll be other letters coming out soon. There's already an AC, which is two letters, which is uh, much, much faster. It'll actually go up to a gigabit per second. So if you are one of those lucky people that have like the Google fiber lines or some of these other high caliber fiber lines coming into your house, you may already be at a device that runs uh, 802.11 AC. But for most people right now, that's you're, that's not needed yet. Um, and they're even talking about Wi-Fi 6, the sixth iteration coming out sometime in the future, is going to be the letter X. So just to know that those are off in the distance. N and then G to a lesser extent are kind of the two that I feel like are probably going to be the most common for everybody. Is that? Yeah. Alan, that too. with everything you know, too? Yes. Right? Yeah. And, um, and just... To clarify, those letters that you see are going to be lowercase letters. You'll see them kind of listed after the the 802.11. And, um, and it probably is important just to note this, that just as Alan said earlier, let's say that you go on Amazon and you find that you need to get a Wi-Fi box and you want to get a router that's going to provide Wi-Fi throughout your house. You may find a really good deal on something that's a 802.11b Right, and you think, oh my gosh, I can get this for you know twenty bucks. But the thing is that there is no way for you to get the speeds that you're probably paying for from your internet company out to your devices, and so you are limiting part of the flow of the chain here, right? Of that, you know, you've got that water flowing in, and basically you have a limiter on it, and you can only get so much at the other end. Um, so if you are buying something now, I agree, it needs to probably at least be a G. If it's not too much more expensive, do an N because at least you'll know you'll be upward compatible for several years in whatever internet you decide to to do. So 
Um, I mean, it would be a, to me, it's such a shame that if you're paying a lot of money for fast internet and then you have a Wi-Fi signal that limits how that speed can be delivered, then you just wasted a lot of money, right? Well, and Brian, I'm not going to name any names here at all. It's not a family member of ours. Okay, I'll go ahead and say that just so any family members listening don't think I'm ragging on them. But it okay, was well, a real quick, real quick. None of our family members are listening. So, <laughs> you know, you really don't need to worry here, Alan. No, clarification there. So really, we can say anything about our family members. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Well, in all honesty, this was not a family member. This is a friend of mine. Okay. Who was so excited, had gotten this uh, new laptop, and had a, uh, a internet TV box, streaming box in their home. They're so excited. They're they were using it, and they kept getting horrible speeds on both their laptop and on. Um, the like their Apple TV box or whatever box it was they were getting. You know, stuff was buffering, speed was really bad. And they told me, they said, look, I pay for a 100 megabit connection in my house. And why am I not getting better speeds? Why is my Wi-Fi not picking up good speeds? And sure enough, we went to go take a look and we looked at the router. And the router was a, I think it was like a B. And that's automatically just not going to put. So in other words, like you said, it's that throttle of data coming into your house. Big, huge pipe of data hits that router. The router says, oh, I can only handle a tenth of this. Mm -hmm. So all I'm going to spit out to the Wi-Fi network. So it doesn't matter how good your devices are on your other end. If that router is not at the right level as the internet coming into your house or greater, then you are automatically throttling yourself and going to cause more problems than it's worth. Yep. 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 So now, pay, pay attention to the too. information coming in as well as how fast you can put. So you actually, I mean, I, I make sure we're clear on this. You want your Wi-Fi capability to be at least, if not more, I'd actually kind of look at it as being quite more. a bit more than what your speeds are that you're paying for. That way, you know that it is not trimming down any of your speed, right? That really you're only limited by what you're paying for coming into your house, right? Exactly. Yeah, That should okay. be it. So, but uh, there is one more piece of the chain we got to mention, Brian. Mm. So even if your router is up to speed, your internet speed is where you want it, the router's coming in, the router's at a great speed level, and it's putting all, it's sending all that data out to your network for your devices to use. If you're an end user device, your laptop, your streaming box, whatever it is, doesn't have that same Wi-Fi certification level, mm. it won't matter again. So luckily, any device you buy, I'd say in the last couple of years, is going to be compatible with most of the faster speed internet wireless systems. But if you've got a laptop from 10 years ago that has a wireless card built in, it probably does not have 802.11n capability. So again, you're going to get throttled on that device as well. So there are multiple points where yep. you could lose yep. your internet speed, I guess is what we're trying to say. Mm -hmm. There's a speed you pay your, your internet provider to get. There's the speed of your router that's pushing out your Wi-Fi signal. And then there's the capabilities of your devices in receiving that signal and using that speed. So, And uh, there is the... Uh, barriers that you have in between your router and what you're getting to. So we talked about before, if it's further away, if there's concrete walls. So you have all of these possibilities of things. If you're someone that has trouble with internet, these are all the steps that you need to check to make sure that there's nothing kind of slowing you down all the way you know, along the along the path, right? 
Well, yeah, absolutely. And kind of on that note, Brian, so I was going to ask you about gigahertz, because I'll admit mm. I'm a little hazy on that. So gigahertz is another thing you may see on these yeah. routers that does impact kind of this whole speed <clears throat> you're talking about that you could lose in the transmission. Yep. So yep. I've always, I've seen 2.4 or 2.5 gigahertz a lot, and I've seen five gigahertz a lot. Right. Remind me the differences. On yeah. This. So 2.4 is a number that you probably have seen for many years because it used to be where we had our cordless phones in our house. Then the the later, now I say later in that there's still an old technology, but the later versions of those were all kind of touting this idea of 2.4 gigahertz. It means it had a better signal uh, that was going to travel further. So the 2.4 gigahertz signal means that it travels a little further, but it also can't carry as much data and information. It was great for cordless phones, right? Because all you had to carry was voice. Okay, But in early early Wi-Fi signals were using 2.4. Now, um, there may be some issues in that if you had a cordless phone and you had a wireless signal that was spitting out the exact same uh, signal to 2.4, they may compete with one another. And you may find that one is going to uh, cause problems with the other one. <clears throat> and one of the more common things that seem to show... Uh, some interference with a 2.4 signal is going to be the microwave. Uh, that's actually a very common thing that the microwave, when the microwave turns on, your Wi-Fi signal drops. Or if you remember when you were on a cordless phone a long time ago, you'd be talking, someone would turn on the microwave, you'd have all sorts of interference, or someone else would have a different cordless phone that picked up and all of a sudden it caused your uh your phone uh, phone call to, to get staticky. Same thing's happening with the internet if you've got the 2.4. Um, and I bring that up because I have a friend who uh, just in this last week mentioned to me that, you know, given that she now had to move home, she had to do all her work at home. She has her kids at home that are all doing their work at home. And she now had to put a sign up on the microwave that says, do not use the microwave between this time and this time when she's wow. holding classes. Um, yeah. Now, that person, Jan, I'm actually mentioning her name because I want to see if she's actually listening to this, right? Jan, you had better let me know if you hear this because then I'll know if you actually did listen to this show or not. Um, but, you know, the first thing I mentioned her was, are you running a 2.4 gigahertz? Because that is where the microwave is going to conflict. Most of the routers now are going to have what they call the dual band, right? So there's a 2.4 and there's a 5 gigahertz, which are two different signals that it'll send out. Think about it this way. 2.4 is kind of like um, kind of like AM radio. AM radio signal lasts, it, it could travel a long way, right? But it's not that good of a signal. You're not getting Quality. that good of information. Yeah. 5 is like FM, right, where it's going to be a better signal, but it doesn't travel as far. So the beauty is if your router can spit out both, well, if you happen to get too far away, well, it's going to switch you over to 2.4 so that you can still reach it, but you're not going to be as fast. If you get closer, it's going to switch you back to five so that you get a better signal because you're close enough to receive it. And that's, so, all, and that's all handled automatically. Yeah, not, yeah. All these routers will do that. Yeah. yeah. And so when they call it a dual band, and if you turn on the dual band, which some of them have it so that you can turn one off, turn one on, I mean, if you were really close, if you're in an apartment, I would just switch over to five and keep it five the whole time, right? But if you're in a house, then of course you want both of these happening. The trouble gets uh, happens when 
they have these dual bands and then you see two signals that you're trying to connect to just like, am I connecting right. to, you know, Alan's house uh, or Alan's house, five point uh, five gigahertz. Mm-hmm. And the key is that really doesn't matter, right? Is that you're going to eventually switch between the two. Um, but it's important to note that if you have troubles with things like a microwave, things like a cordless phone, other these others, you might be better off trying to switch to that five gigahertz network. But it also means you need to be closer to that router in order to be able to use that. So just keep yeah. in mind, there are, those two things are there for a reason and they're helpful. Um, and I'm hoping that the signal continues to improve to where we don't have to worry about the, the dual band as much anymore. Or maybe get tri-band or quad band and all of these different things. But That used to be such difference. an issue is that when they started rolling out the five gigahertz is that these routers would spit out two different Wi-Fi mm-hmm. networks in your, on your, and you had to really, it became a little more problematic to figure out, well, so should I have that or should I not have that? What do I connect to? The newer ones now pretty much self-regulate that. I mean, you yep. turn it on, they're going to spit out the signal they need to. You don't even know what's going on in the background, which is fine. So it's not an issue for newer ones, but if you do have an older one, mm-hmm. you will probably see that you still got that option for two different wireless networks that are available on your computer or device. And like Brian said, it doesn't really matter which one you go because it's going to regulate it anyway, but it is spitting out those two names. Yep. Um, but I will just say on that. Network with five gigahertz. Yeah. yeah. If you've got the one where you're seeing two of those in your Wi-Fi network list, um, it may be that if you've got a desk that you're sitting, that you're now forced to work from home, which you hadn't been before. But if you've got a desk and you're going to be on Zoom calls and you need to make sure you have good quality internet, you may want to go in and tell it to forget the 2.4 if you've Mm -hmm. got an issue with like a microwave or whatever, so that it only looks for the five and it stays with the five. The problem being, if you're not close to that router, you may end up cutting out, which is what my friend Jan was having. She still was getting cut out even when she went to the five. Um, but she wasn't having the issue with the microwave. So, you know, anyway, you got to get closer. Um, Alan, so there's some more geeking out that I think we need to do really quickly um, because you mentioned gigahertz, which I think is one thing to kind of just be aware of. Just keep keep it simple. There's two bands, you know, they do two different things like AM, FM. So, and just the, as a reminder, before we go too deep on that, most new router systems you get, especially these mesh systems, We'll regulate and manage all of this. They'll take care of it. Yep. So not a matter of yep. you got to go in and tweak it too much. They'll handle it. Yep. If you have an older router where you do have some capability to go in and change some settings, that's where some of this might come in handy. But yep. newer ones like the Google Wi-Fi network, when I set it up, I didn't have to know any of it. No, nope. honestly, you didn't ask Just it. Just on, say I want signal, plug it into my my modem. It told me I had internet, and it was going to push out the best signal it could, no matter what. So. Yep. You're right. So getting a new, getting one of the newer, newer standards is probably going to make things a lot easier and a lot simpler for you. Yeah. We are going to do a deep dive after this yep. one, which is going to get better. Talk a lot more about other ways and tips and tricks for making sure you're getting the best performance in your your network, your home network. Uh, so we'll talk through some of those at a next deep dive. But we've been talking about the routers. We've been talking about, you know, mesh networks, which we're both big fans of and we think are great uh, systems to invest into. But you could still be looking at a single router uh, if your space is not too big or not too complex and a single router will cover it all. Most all modern routers, a lot of people don't realize this, Brian. I'm really kind of surprised anytime I talk to somebody about the routers and they don't realize they can do these things. 
lot of modern routers will allow you to do some things, whether you have to go to a certain web address to interface with them to make settings, or whether there's an app that comes with it that allows you to make modifications to it. But there's a few features that are kind of standard on newer routers these days, whether it's a mesh network or a standard router. Like for one, so many people don't realize that you can set up very easily on most of these networks, a guest network. So why would you need a guest network? Okay. Um, if you're at your house, you're like, why do I need a guest network? Well, if you have somebody come over and they want to use the Wi-Fi in your house or you want to give them access, but you don't want them to be able to possibly have a device or maybe even without their knowledge, trying to do anything that would be malicious on your network, trying to connect with other devices on your network or trying to mess around with your main internet signal. So by setting up a guest network, you're set, you're setting up a network that is a little more protected and says, look, I'm just going to give whoever comes to that network, um, they're going to be able to access the internet, but they're not going to be able to connect to a lot of my other devices or do mm -hmm. other things on my network. Yep. So it's really great. I mean, we have friends come over and of course the kids bring their devices and like, what's the Wi-Fi password? And it's not that I don't trust the kids. It's just, I don't, maybe don't trust yeah. the kids' devices running on there. Well, mm. some of the kids. Yeah. You don't trust don't their parents is what it probably is. Yeah, but. Right. but I mean, if they have a phone that's got some virus stuff on it or yeah. got some malware yep. on it, Very I don't true. want them on my network. So I give them the guest network password and it's a separate Wi-Fi that pops up on your um, Wi-Fi list and you can name it, you know, Jackson Family Guest mm -hmm. and say, hey, that's what I want people who visit to use. And here's the password for that network. It's actually really easy to turn on with these routers. I mean, it's a checkbox on a, on an app or a checkbox on a web page, and turn on the guest network. Give it a different password. Feel free to put that password up on a board in your house or on a sign. Say, "Hey, here's the guest network password," but you can at least have confidence that they're not able to interact with the rest of your network through that guest network. So I love that. I mean, I'm yeah. a big fan of that. We even have it in our office on our office Wi-Fi just to say, "Here's an office guest password." So nobody could interact with our main our main network. Alan, it, uh, I haven't used the guest network too often. Well, probably because I don't have many guests, um, people that come over. Um, friends well, and people that. Yeah, friends. Uh, yeah, that's true. Um, but can you, you know, can you do other things? Can you like throttle down their um, their speed? Is the speed slower or um, do they get you know, bandwidth I, preferences, that sort of thing? Or is out it of the box, if that's a standard set of options, mm -hmm. but I would not be surprised if there weren't some routers that allow you to have that kind of capability to it. Yeah. I know in a high network, like when I manage some networks for some larger facilities here in the area and I manage their Wi-Fi networks, I can set up guest networks for all the different clients and I can throttle their, the level of bandwidth they have. Yeah. Good. That's on a much higher end system. I don't know if a lot of consumer levels will let you do that. I could be wrong. Uh, I've never really dealt with that per se. Yeah, But I know kind of on that same note, though, um, you can do device priority yep. uh, within your network. So that may give you a little bit of what you're looking for there. So you already mentioned it earlier, Brian, this idea that if you had a Apple TV box or a uh, Amazon Fire TV box yeah, that was going to mm -hmm. be your main streaming device for television, and you want to make sure it's always got the best internet possible out of your Wi-Fi network. You can actually go into these these router apps or router web pages and set a higher priority for that device. 
and say, look, when this device shows up on my network, give it the best internet connection you can because mm -hmm. that's a high priority item. So what, in theory, what that means is if you got a family, a whole bunch of people sitting around on their devices and someone fires up the Apple TV to start watching a video, that the, the mesh network especially, and I think some routers will do this as well, will automatically try to give the best signal to that Apple TV while everybody else's might take a little bit of a hit to make sure that the Apple TV or your uh, Amazon Fire TV has the best internet possible. Mm -hmm. So you can set that in your router in most of the modern router apps that they have. Um, it's not essential. I honestly don't do a lot of that because our internet signal is pretty good. So I don't really tweak a lot, a lot with the uh, the, the uh, priority settings, but it's nice knowing you can do it. No, no, that's that's true. And and if you're someone that does have a lot of traffic, it would be nice to be able to prioritize that traffic. You know, I mean, personally, I'm kind of thinking it would be cool to have a guest network. Someone comes over, like Alan, you come over. I throttle down your internet to like you know dial-up speed, dial right? Up, right. Yeah, and then maybe I also have the ability to then advertise on your phone you know i can actually specifically send advertisements to your phone to be like hey would you like to pay for some of the 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 milk that you just drank you know <laughs> and here's here's a link <laughs> so you can monetize your guest network and have that uh, uh, I, i'm thinking this is a new this is a new business it's guest network plus right and i think we need to talk online offline about this <laughs> i like all right Last feature I'll mention before we get ready to wrap this up, just about your internet routers that you may not realize are there. And again, most modern routers have this capability. Um, parental controls. Mm, so yeah. if yep. you have a child in the house and you want to make sure that they can't access the internet through Wi-Fi after a certain time, many of these new routers will allow you to go in and it'll show you all the devices connected to your network. And you can say, yep, that's Johnny's iPad. And I do not want Johnny's iPad to get internet signal after nine o'clock at night. So you can actually go in and set that that particular device should not have internet access after a certain time. Yeah, that's pretty so slick. That's really nice because again, if you're if you really want to make sure nobody's misusing the time, bedtime, or when they're supposed to be doing homework or chores or whatever it may be, you can certainly control that. Mm -hmm. um, just keep in mind, you know, once you set it, you do have to go in and manage it, and if you want to take it off, you've got to go back in and do that. But it's nice knowing the capabilities there. So. Yeah. And if you're the one that sets it up, right, you could do all sorts of cool things. You know, if my spouse is watching a a movie that I do not care for, please throttle that down and give all everything else here to this uh, sports that I'm watching on this other TV. Yeah. I get lots of cool ideas. Okay. Making notes. Those are great. And I will say that even though my experience on the mesh network is pretty much with the uh, with the uh, Google Wi-Fi, the Google Wi-Fi app is really great and it's really mm -hmm. easy to navigate to set up all these things. And you can do some great speed tests of your network from the app. You can do the priority management of different devices. I can do parental controls, setting up the guest network, all that from a Google Wi-Fi app that you download once you install your network. I'm sure yours with the Netgear is very similar. What yeah, except I will, I will say, I wanted to mention that, that when comparing the two, I found the net, the Netgear Orbi, which is what I'm using. It was, it was a better price at the time, but I am actually regretting it now because I don't, I don't get the same controls that you, the only controls that I have is I can go in and I can turn off 
different devices. I can easily just say, oh, turn off to that device, to that device, to that device. I don't need the Wi-Fi there. And I can check speed and I can do that. Uh, I can do parental controls to a certain extent, which isn't that necessary to me, but does not have prioritization, which would really be beneficial. Uh, now, I think it kind of does it on its own um, with some things that are going to be pulling more. But yeah, if if I had to go do it again, I'd probably buy the Google Wi-Fi myself. So, Well, I will give that as a strong recommendation. I'm really happy with the Google Wi-Fi mesh network. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll tell you just one other little thing with the Google network that's great. And I don't know if others do this or not, but I can set up the family Wi-Fi with all the, you know, um, time uh, that different devices can access the internet and all that. But there's also a feature on it called just family time, where it's a one button item where I can press a pause button for family time and hmm. it truly disables internet for everybody. Wow. So we can wow. sit down and have dinner and nobody can access the internet while we're doing that. Like the world comes really. to a halt, right? That's awesome. Oh, oh wow. Has something to do so I'm going to turn on family time and nobody has any Pay attention to me. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Very yeah, cool. So, yeah, very happy with the Wi-Fi uh, on the Google side. So. Nice. Nice. Brian, we for almost an hour about Wi-Fi. About Wi-Fi. Wow. Yeah. yeah. We geeked crazy. out. We geeked out a little bit. So that was fun. I will tell you, everybody, if, if, if people are really wanting to talk more about ways to strengthen or speed up their network connection in their home, listen to the next deep dive because we do have some checklists yep. or tips and tricks to do to check that out. Let's say you followed these steps. You got the right router. You've got the right internet connection. You got all your devices are good, but you're still getting some slowdowns and you don't know why. That's where we're going to help you on the next deep dive. But until that time, Brian, we always like to end our show with a bits, our brothers in tech suggestion for the episode, something yep. we'd like to throw out at a piece of software or a tip or a website or whatever it may be, something kind of related to the topic we just went through. So Brian, what is your uh, bit for this episode? Yeah, I'm not going to go too deep into this one, but uh, <clears throat> we talked earlier about trying to to look at your different Wi-Fi signals and the signals that are around you and trying to see the strength of those. Uh, if you want to geek out a little bit more, if you want to go a little bit more depth into that and not just see the uh, the signal that you're connecting to, but potentially see the signals that are around you and actually see the strength of those, because that can give you an idea of what is some of the interference that I'm receiving, right? I may have lots. I mean, if you're in a, an apartment complex and you everybody has their own Wi-Fi um, and you're seeing tons of these signals come in, that's potentially going to bog down your ability to connect. <clears throat> so I'm just going to uh, advise there's a there's an app called Wi-Fi Explorer. And it is, um, it's a pretty cool app in, in that it does one simple thing, which is, it can bring up all of the Wi-Fi signals that it can see and gives you information about each one of them. It tells you who the vendor of the device was. It tells you what the signal is, what channel it's on, um, what band you're using, the 2.4 or the 5. It tells you what generation of Wi-Fi you're using, which, of course, we talked about earlier, the A, the C, the B. Um, and then it also tells you kind of your, your max speed or rate that you can expect to get from that. So if you start finding issues, it's kind of nice to pull this up, do a scan and say, oh, well, I'm not getting anything right here, which would be an easy way to then take your laptop somewhere else, try to see what happens to the strength. And maybe you start to figure out there's a better place to work in your house um, if you're going to be doing a Zoom call or you're going to be downloading certain things or 
keep the computer where it is, move the router, and try to see what mm -hmm. happens to that speed. So it's basically just a way of looking at lots of networks all at once to try to see as I move through the house or if the router were to change or if the weather were to change, what's happening to those signals. And um, it's kind of a way just to, to, you know, potentially dig in and figure out what's going wrong. Um, so it is a paid app. There is a there's a free version. I didn't try the free version because you and I talked about before. We we're both using the setup, uh, and this is something that comes free with the setup. Uh, so you get a chance to use it with your you know ten dollar a month. But if you don't have that, you can pay twenty dollars and get a standard version. Then there's a professional version which you don't need. Um, I haven't tried the light version, but it sounds like you can't save anything, which may be fine. There's some limited options. I would certainly try the free one without paying for it, just to see. Oh, does that give me the snapshot that I need? But <clears throat> this could be a way that if you've got issues or you like to geek out like we do, you can at least see some of this data about your Wi-Fi signal to make sure that. You know, you can kind of diagnose what some of those issues may be. So. Yeah, that's great. No, I, I, I've used the app before. It's awesome. Uh, it, it helps sometimes too when a random Wi-Fi network shows up yeah. on yep. my list of Wi-Fi and I don't know what it is. I've pulled up that app before just to get see if I can understand it a little bit better. Is it something coming off of a device in my house that's spitting out mm -hmm. a Wi-Fi signal I didn't know about or was it from a neighbor or something? So be able to have that app and do a little more research on it and figure out where it's stronger uh, signal wise is helpful on that end. So yep, that's good. Yep. Mine's you, similar. My, mine is a, an app called Fing, F-I-N-G. And it's one I've actually had for a really long time. I actually opened it back up uh, recently and they've changed the interface, which is still nice, but it's a little different than I'm used to. But Fing is an app I've always used. I've always used the free version. I've never paid for any of the premium features. But the idea is that it will take a look at your network and give you a list of every device that is on your network. So that's everything. We're talking TV sets, um, TV, internet streaming, TV boxes. We're talking to like well, um, any smart home devices you've got, like lights or light bulbs or anything. It shows you all of them. Now you may wonder why is that helpful? Well, there's times where you kind of need to understand what all is on your network and make sure there's not things on there that shouldn't be there. And then also just wanting to make sure that uh, you have a good sense of knowing kind of what all is getting connections and if you want to organize them in any way you can. So this does a great job of pulling up all the information of the items on your on your network. It shows you what address, internet address they're pulling in your network, which mm -hmm. can be helpful sometimes if you ever need to look that up for anybody. Some of them will also show you the MAC address. The MAC address is like that long cryptic series of letters and numbers that is the unique identifier for that piece of hardware. So sometimes if you're on a system where they're asking for the MAC address of a device or an IP address, whether you know what those things are or not, it will have that information available for you to see. I just like looking at it to understand how many devices I've got on my home mm -hmm. network at any given time. And are there ones that maybe shouldn't be on there? Um, I've had some printers before that are spitting out a Wi-Fi signal of their own or connected to my Wi-Fi network. I don't need them to be because I just use them through my cable wherever I have my laptop set up. So I will turn off the Wi-Fi capability on it because I just don't want anything interfering or I don't want it connecting to my Wi-Fi network and having any chance of slowing anything down. So it's just helpful to see what all's on there and to make, yeah. sure, uh, make sure you know what's on your network and make sure there's not anything surprising on there. Uh, and then I can do things like give each one my own custom name 
So that way it's easier for me to recognize if I see something that says 15 inch MacBook Pro and I know, oh, hey, that's mine. I'll name it Alan's MacBook Pro. Mm -hmm. So whenever I see it on the list, I'll know, oh, yeah, that's mine. And I see it's on there and I see what the address it's pulling and all the information about that device. So uh, I think it's just a nice cool. free app. Yeah. It's a easy way to kind of keep an eye on your network and see what all is going on there. Yeah. So. so that's a good one to use if you don't have one of the mesh networks because our, both our mesh, mesh networks probably can tell you the same thing through their app. But if you don't, this is helpful. I admit, Fing is a little bit quicker and easier for me to do. I mean, yes, the Google mm -hmm. Wi-Fi app does give you that information. I can go in and view all the devices. But something about the way it presents it, I just liked Fing's better because Fing just yeah. quickly shows nice icons for each one and tells you exactly what type of device it is. Um, otherwise, you know, you still get some of that information, but I found it to be a little less intuitive and I had to do a little more research on the on the Google one. So yeah. Yeah. Nice. That's right. cool. It's the same idea. Thing. The same Thing is also great if you don't have a mesh network, you don't have a, a a router app or anything else to use, but you do just want to keep a quick eye on what's on your network. You can certainly do that. So sounds good. Right. Awesome. So that is our episode for today. We've gone on, as always, a little longer than expected. We've got yeah, wow. It's just our knowledge is so vast. And I think I, trying to convey that. I think we and, can. Uh, I think we can tell ourselves that. Yes, I think that's right. <laughs> Actually, I think you know what. If you would have been as prepared as I was this for this, and I didn't have to teach you things about the menu bar and all that, we probably could have gotten done a lot faster. But it was, it was much more enjoyable. It was much more enjoyable. I apologize for that. My bad. <laughs> Uh, All right. Well, this has been Brothers in Tech. We've been talking Wi-Fi during this one. Uh, first deep dive off of our general internet in your home category. We do have one more deep dive to go. So the next episode, if you are a subscriber, and we hope you are, subscribe to this. You will get another episode shortly from us where we're going to talk all about tips and tricks for making sure you're getting the best internet speed and connectivity out of your, your home network. Um, but in general, we do want you to be a subscriber because I think uh, it's, it's some great benefits if you enjoy this kind of content. Being a subscriber means that every time we put out a new episode of this podcast, you will automatically get it downloaded to your device of choice. So if you go to any of the podcast search apps, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, um, even Spotify, and, and, yep. yeah. mm -hmm. do a search for Brothers in Tech. You'll find our show. Hit the subscribe button. That's all you got to do. Every single time we put out a new episode, it'll be in that app the next time you open it up mm -hmm. and listen to your heart's desire. And it's but free. You can also, it's free, it even free. though we're providing just a wealth of knowledge. It is free. Yeah. Almost criminal, the fact that we're getting away <laughs> this kind of information for free. I mean, it really is. Uh, but yes. uh, you can also go onto the mesh.tv. That's T H E M E S H.tv. And not only see our show there as one of the network shows, but you can check out other network shows as well. All of them free. All of them, you can hit the subscribe button and get new episodes downloaded or uh, able to view on the website there very easily. Nice. Brian, people have questions, comments, or ideas. How should they reach out to us? Yeah, they should email us. Info at themesh.tv. I-N-F-O at T-H-E-M-E-S-H dot T-V. Info at the mesh.tv. Send us 
your tips and tricks or what things that uh, if you have some additional questions, things you'd like us to address either on air or uh, or just by email, we'd be happy to, to respond to you. So it's great. Awesome. Well, we hope to hear from you guys soon. Thanks so much for listening to this deep dive episode. Again, stay tuned for our next deep dive as we talk about tricks and strategies for improving your internet speed. For Brothers in Tech, I am Alan Jackson. And I'm Brian Jackson. That was your prompt, Brian. I was pointing oh, to you. Thank you. I, I watched you. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. All right. Bye-bye. What you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh.